Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I think every player should try to take a next step. It's not just Pat. Everybody on the team needs to take a, take a step. You know, one, you can't just try to put one guy to take a step. Pat's great. Pat's going to continue to work on his game and get better and better. He's out here right now in Vegas working out, you know, early in the morning. He's been to California. He's been in Chicago. So, you know, Pat's working on his game, but everybody on the team needs to take a step, you know, even from the from the, the best guy on the team to the, you know, the 12th man, you know, you need to take a step and upgrade your game. And I think that's how teams get better. Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. And, of course, we are live and local. That's why you heard Zach Levine right there talking about not just Pat Will needing to step up, but everybody. And if you were listening to Matt Forte 30 minutes ago, he preached exactly what AK preaches. Continuity, consistency within the team, within the organization, and that can get you far. And that's what the Bulls are hoping to do this year. And to talk a little bit about the release of the Bulls schedule, he covers the Bulls for NBC Sports Chicago. And he's joining us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. It's Rob Schaefer. What's up, Rob? Not much, Gabe. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Chilling, of course. What's the most exciting thing for you about the schedule being released? Oh, man. I mean, maybe just that uh, it means the NBA season is approaching. I think that's kind of the big thing, right? I think I was the last cur- time we talked, it was... Because I was curious, Rob. I just thought to myself, I'm like, am I, am I excited? I'm happy. But, but am I excited? But you just, you... Just point it out, yes, because that means NBA is closer. I'm not necessarily excited about the games or like what's happening or who's playing, who win, but I am excited about the fact that Bulls basketball is right around the corner. Totally, and, and here's the thing about our job. You know, we're kind of paid to to overanalyze these things to a degree. So you know, you can look at the schedule. I think it's significant that they come out of the gates. The Bulls they play nine games in the first 15 days of the season. There's some you know, tough opponents in there, your Miamis, your Bostons. Um, you know, the end of the season, we can look far ahead to that. The last 13 games, Miami, two against Philadelphia. There's a Dallas, a Milwaukee, uh, and Atlanta in there. So, you know, there are stretches of schedule that I suspect will be significant coming into the season, especially because, you know, the area of the Eastern Conference that the Bulls are most likely going to be in, I think it's going to be pretty crowded, you know, seating and, and head-to-head matchups with a lot of these different teams. Uh, in their area code are going to be important. Uh, but the truth is it's going to be hard to really project this stuff until we get into the season and kind of see, you know, who's performing to expectation, who's underperforming, overperforming, are there injuries, uh, et cetera. But for the time being, I mean, it's just we're kind of in this dead period right now in between summer league and the start of training camp. And uh, it's just a nice little bit of kind of NBA 
jerky, if you will, to, to <laughs> chew on a little bit and, and, and break down and, and analyze. I'm here for it. I'm telling you. That's what and then I was like, oh, we're going to have Rob on the show. We need to talk some bulls. You know how much I love talking bulls in the middle of nothing. I can talk about it for hours, so this entertains me. Uh, I read your article on NBCSports.com about the six games that are must-watch games for the Bulls this upcoming season. G- give me three of them. Give me three right now. Yeah, well, so uh, quickly running through, uh, you know, the opener against Miami. Not only is it the first game of the season, it's in Miami, and that's a team that I think is in the group that finished ahead of the Bulls last year and was one of those, you saw the stat all through last year, they, they had, were X and X, some you know, terrible record against teams that were in the top four of the conference. Miami, they were 0-4 against, and they lost the four games by an average of 15 points a game. So anytime they play that team, the Heat, obviously with Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, that core uh, was a missed jumper away from going to the finals last year. Mm. So I think that's a good gut check right out of the gate, and it's in Miami. Uh, they, they really struggled, especially in that matchup uh, on the road. Uh, I think that's a, a significant game. Boston, a few days later uh, at home on October 24th, uh, they first play the Warriors as part of a pretty grueling West Coast trip uh, on December 2nd. Obviously, they're the defending champions, and uh, it'll be a good kind of litmus test for where the Bulls are, uh, you know, about a month, month and a half uh, into the season. Uh, I look ahead, uh, obviously, to the game that's being played in Paris this year. It is against the Pistons, uh, who's, uh, you know, obviously, you know, probably aren't a playoff team this year. Uh, but it'll be cool to see that kind of international showcase uh, for the NBA and obviously for the Bulls. I mean, that's, you know, it doesn't feel like it as much these days, but it is one of the league's more iconic rivalries, Bulls-Pistons. Uh, so it makes sense why they sent those two teams out there. And then I think the other two we had, uh, February 16th against the Bucks. Uh, you know, the Bucks obviously, although they – kind of steamroll the Bulls in the playoffs. That's one of the Bulls' bigger rivals, I would say, for the geography, for Grayson Allen, uh, for having played in the playoffs recently. They play uh, in Chicago the day before the All-Star break. Uh, that'll be a pretty significant tentpole and a good measuring stick for the Bulls. Uh, and then I kind of highlighted that, uh, you know, that 13-game stretch at the end of the season, they're going to be playing a lot of teams that are expected to be contenders, uh, one of them being Atlanta uh, on April 4th, I believe, at home. So if the Bulls are in that kind of four to six range, uh, as I kind of expect them to be, they're playing a lot of teams that are going to be uh, in that stratosphere too. And those head-to-head matchups uh, become all the more important down the stretch of the season. So th- those are the ones I highlighted. Obviously, there will be more that come up when we, uh, when we see how everybody's looking once the season starts. We're talking to Rob Schaefer. He covers the Bulls for NBC Sports Chicago. I mean, those are going to be a lot of tough games against, you know, the Bostons, the, the Milwaukee's, the Miamis, and, and they're going to be very physical. And when I look at this team, Rob, I think about one player in particular in Patrick Williams, and I have to ask you the question, is he injury prone? Yeah, I I think it might be a little early uh, to slap that uh, label on Patrick Williams, only because the one significant injury he's had in his career was kind of a freak accident with you know Mitchell Robinson get, colliding in the air, came down obviously tore up his wrist and, you know, he had to have surgery. That, that's really what caused him to miss most of last season. If you go back to his rookie year, I mean, as a 19-year-old who didn't really have an offseason, uh, you know, coming into his first year in the NBA, he started 71 of the 72 games and played heavy minutes um, and, you know, didn't really sustain any injuries that year. Now, production-wise, he, we can quibble about that, but he was on the floor. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not – I'm not really worried about that uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the Bulls roster construction as a whole. 
Uh, I think there are guys who have have more of a history of nagging injuries, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, that I'm looking at first from an injury perspective uh, before Patrick Williams. For him, it just with his youth and with the inconsistency he's had in his first two seasons, part of that is the, the injury that cost him a lot of time. But I'm more looking at his production and his consistency before the injury thing. Uh, I, I don't know if I can say commonly that he's a durable player. He's only been in the NBA for, you know, two seasons. Uh, but I'm not, you know, necessarily worried about him from from an injury perspective. Do you feel like he's going to have an opportunity? Because I remember, you know, watching last year when he did play, and then the year before, you looked at him and you said to yourself, "Are all your buckets going to come from just cleaning up around the rim, or are you going to be? You look like a guy that can create your own shot. What kind of which Patrick Williams do you feel like we're going to get this year? Is it going to be the guy that kind of fills in the holes, you know, on this team, or is he going to be someone that's, you know, going to be aggressive? And aggressively looking for a shot. Yeah, I think he's a guy that fills in space playing off of players on this team specifically, just because we know who the offense is going to be predominantly run through when the Bulls are healthy. It's DeMar DeRozan, it's Zach Levine, it's Nikola Vucevic. Uh, and, and for Pat, I think it's about decisiveness. That's what Philly Donovan always talks about. And, and, it, and it's, it's apparent when you watch him, it's about when you get a prime opportunity for a spot-up jumper, either taking it or, or driving a closeout, you know, two dribbles, you know, slash to the rim. Uh, it's about, you know, decisively attacking the offensive glass or decisively getting a defensive rebound and pushing pace and transition and inserting yourself into the game that way. Maybe, you know, especially if injuries strike or maybe, you know, they stagger Pat to, to run more with second units. I could see him for a couple possessions here and there, maybe running a pick and roll, uh, you know, maybe being asked to attack in isolation. For the most part, I think what the Bulls want from him is not necessarily aggressiveness and decisiveness in terms of taking over games and, and, you know, becoming a ball dominant player, but really just decisiveness with the limited opportunities that he does get. It's not an easy line to walk when you're a young player still, you know, finding your footing in the NBA, but I've always maintained this. I don't really necessarily think the Bulls need more from Patrick Williams than 10 to 14 points a game. They seem to be a reliable outside shooter, uh, athletic and, uh, like I said, decisive on drives and cuts. And then really defensively is where he has to make an impact playing next to Nikola Vucevic. The, the Bulls will obviously need, um, you know, some rebounding outside of Vucevic. He was the most reliable rebounder last year, and there wasn't much outside of it. He was the only guy in the paint. Uh, and obviously, <laughs> exa- exactly. And then obviously rim protection. I mean, because that's, that's the deficiency of, of Vuce's game. Uh, and I think the Bulls will be looking for Patrick Williams, you know, provided he's on the floor uh, to, to make up some ground in those areas. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good because you felt like that's what was missing from the team. You know, you, you had your offensive production from DeMar and Zach, and obviously Vooch, you know, occasionally was doing his thing. But then you thought to yourself, you know, who was going to be that guy consistently? You have some good games from Javante, some good games from um, Alex Caruso. You know, they, they would be sprinkled in here and there, but no one that was consistently contributing. So that'll be an interesting thing to see. Let's talk about some guys that could be could be contributing to this Bulls roster. Specifically, I feel like I haven't mentioned Marco Simonovic's name in, 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 a, in a little bit. What is he still on the path to being a contributor to this team, or is he going to be someone that's just you know dangling in, in, in the G League for, for, the, for the upcoming season? Yeah, I guess I'll reserve final judgment until we see what camp and preseason looks like. But at this point, it looks like it would take uh, an injury or even a string of injuries to get him into a consistent rotation role. He obviously played well in summer league. Uh, Marco did the problem. I just think competition wise, 
that's pretty far from what you're working with in the throes of, you know, a, an NBA regular season. Right. So we'll see what it looks like. But to me, the front court rotation looks pretty established uh, with Nikola Vucevic starting, Drummond backing him up at center, uh, Patrick Williams at the power forward spot, and then rotating. You know, the Bulls will play small. They'll put DeMar or they'll put, uh, you know, Alex Caruso functionally at that spot, uh, Javante Green. Derek Jones Jr. will rotate in there. They, they've even shown they, you know, they'd toss Derek Jones Jr. in at small ball center if, if they're strapped enough. Tony Bradley is still on the team. I even put him on the depth chart ahead of Marco right now. Wow. Um, I, just in terms of, you know, reliability being somewhat of a vet. I mean, Tony Bradley's a young guy, but, you know, he did play in this system last year. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what it looks like when, uh, like I said, when training camp in the preseason rolls around. But it's not really Marco's fault, but just because he hasn't proven that, that he can, you know, shoulder rotation minutes at the NBA level yet, I'm kind of in an I-need-to-see-it-to-believe-it mode um, with him. And, you know, certainly there's just a long way to go for him, especially because I mentioned the injury thing. Vooch was, you know, other than DeMar, the Bulls' most durable player last year. Uh, Drummond, you know, has been a pretty durable player for most of his career. Um, so I, I, I would be pretty surprised if Marco broke into the rotation in a big way, uh, this year, but you know, certainly anything can happen. I'm a, I'm a big supporter and believer, you know, in guys that are at the tail end of the bench, you know, so that's why I bring him mm-hmm. up. I'm like, come on, put him in the game for a couple of minutes, see what he could do. But you know, you gotta, you gotta jump over a couple of guys to do that. Uh, right now we're talking to Rob Schaefer covering the bulls for NBC sports, Chicago on Gabe Ramirez. This is six seventy to score. You know, we mentioned, you know, the difficulty at which guys are going to, you know, really be faced with when it comes to getting minutes and tick on this team because it seems as though they are really deep, this Bulls roster. Rob, do you think minutes are going to be an issue for this Bulls squad? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think specifically what gets talked about a lot is the guard room, right? And there, there's definitely a log jam there. Uh, in terms of a, if it's a problem or an issue, it kind of depends on, you know, your definition of the word, I, I, none of these guys strike me as, you know, guys that are going to make a big fuss about minutes on a night-to-night basis in the guard room when you talk about, you know, obviously Zach's role is, is pretty set in stone. Lonzo, if he's healthy, his role is pretty set in stone. Dragic, Chavet, Kobe White, and Iodasumu, you know, uh, you know, their roles kind of fluctuated last year based on what the team needed. Uh, so, you know, for a team that suffered so many injuries last year, depth is, uh, is the best thing you can have. Uh, and I even forgot to mention Dale and Terry in the guard equation. He'll, yeah. he'll be a factor there, too. So, you know, I don't think it's an issue in terms of this, this is a team that just clearly prioritized stacking depth at that guard position so that they could have options if injuries strike or if, uh, you know, the younger players are inconsistent uh, from time to time. Uh, so I, I wouldn't describe it as a problem or issue as much as, as much as it'll just be interesting to see how they start the season in terms of the rotation, like what's Billy Donovan's vision for who he thinks is most ready to contribute to winning basketball right away. And then does that evolve, you know, if guys, you know, overperform, underperform, uh, or if injuries strike. Uh, but in terms of a minutes jam, I think the front court is pretty set in stone. Uh, DeMar is obviously the main guy um, on the wing, Patrick Williams too. Uh, and then the guard, the guard rotation is really something that is going to be difficult to predict. And we'll have to, you know, see the game start before that really takes shape. Rob, I can't wait to see the minutes end up on the floor, man. Thanks for hanging out with me today. All right, no problem, Gabe. Thanks for having me. Rob Schaefer covering the Bulls for NBC Sports Chicago, joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He's right. I was poo-pooing on the schedule release for the Chicago Bulls 
Because I'm like, who cares about the first game of the season? Middle game is, who cares? But then, Rob put it into perspective. Sports in general, on a consistent basis, is right around the corner. And that's what we could be excited about. Now, Hell yeah. I mean, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that, Studs. No, we're, we're getting ready for the glory time You know here. what I'm talking yeah. about. You but, know, you know once we get once we get in September, yeah. we got NFL and MLB, yeah. and then after and then we get NBA added in. Yeah, it's Dude, a great time of year. Instead of there's trying, no, to, there's 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 always something on this this time of year. Instead of thinking about what I'm going to talk about on the show in the middle of the summer, where the, it's just baseball, things are just going to be there. Yeah, exactly. And it's the, so much. The easier. show's going to do itself. I just have to read and react to these things. Speaking of reacting, did you hear what Colin Coward said about our beloved Chicago Bears? They feel he feels like they should trade Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith, he says the Bears need to trade him right now. And he even likened the Chicago Bears to the Golden State Warriors. Who did he compare Roquan Smith to? And why does he feel the Bears should trade him? We'll talk about that on the other side. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 to score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic. Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify dot com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
Well, you know, I think from the team's perspective, the primary goal is to just get a deal done. And anything that gets in the way of that is something that the team would prefer not to have to deal with, including an uncertified representative who is not only communicating, presumably, with the Bears, but also calling other teams and trying to instigate trade offers, even though the Bears have given Roquan Smith no permission whatsoever to seek a trade. Through it all, my understanding is the Bears just want to get a deal done. We're back. Live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. And we're keeping it live and local talking about Roquan Smith. That was Mike Florio. He was on with Bernstein and Holmes. Of course the Bears want to sign Smith. What 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 PR nightmare would exist if the Bears came out and said, nah, we'll go ahead and seek out your own trade? Absolutely not. No way. You're Roquan Smith. Bye-bye, you ain't going nowhere. There's TSA agents that won't even let you through. You want to leave Chicago? Yeah, good luck with that one. But you know what? There is someone in particular, Colin Coward, who is pleading for the Chicago Bears to trade Roquan Smith. He likened it to Monta Ellis on the Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors had a good team, but Golden State had to choose, and they chose Steph Curry in offense. And so that's what he's saying about the Chicago Bears just saying like, hey, this is a chance for you to get your team that's been playing the same for a while and change the culture. Now, I don't know if I necessarily agree with it, but I want you to listen to what Colin said. And then we can discuss the fact of whether Roquan should be traded or not from the Chicago Bears. This is what's happening in the NFL. The smart people see it. Your best player can't be a linebacker if you want to win the Super Bowl. It's got to be a quarterback, got to be a wide receiver, left tackle, or an edge rusher. The smart teams are getting it. So Roquan Smith is a great player for the Bears. Their best player, like a Monte Ellis. And there is a market for him, like Monte Ellis. But the future is quarterback and weapons. And the Bears have a young quarterback, and they don't know if he can play. And right now he's got one weapon on the whole team that's elite. I would move him. If you go back to the... 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. You can't name a great Chicago Bear wide receiver because people attain and acquire what matters to them. You love art, you collect it. You like ours, you, cars, you buy them. But offense has never been the thing for Chicago. It's old school, blue collar, tough, Ditka. That's what we do here, tough linebackers. I can name 10 linebackers for the Bears. You can't name their best wide receiver ever. Because it doesn't mean anything to them. It means stuff historically to the Niners, the St. Louis and L.A. Rams, the Packers, the Steelers. It matters to them, so they've drafted, acquired, traded for, and developed. You can name multiple great receivers for St. Louis or the L.A. Rams or the Packers or the Steelers or the 49ers. You can't name one for the Bears. It is time to do what the Warriors did and pivot off a really good player who is who has got a market, but you could move Roquan Smith today. There's a story out the Cowboys are interested. Now, you can't just throw out random teams like that. But is he from Texas, Roquan? Is that, is that right? Is that well, what? He went to school in Georgia. I'm not sure where he went right. to high school, though. I'll look it up. Yeah. I will say this, though. Oh, yeah, he is from Georgia. Montezuma. Wow, that's interesting right there. I, I don't know where the Dallas story came from. I haven't seen that. 
But he's I haven't plugged. done a lot of digging on that. Look, okay, the reality is this. Let's just go, let's let's go baseline and just talk about Roquan Smith and whether or not he should be traded. We can we can safely assume there are teams that would be interested in Roquan Smith. That's not even a question. Yes. That's not the question. There's two things in question. One, what would you get in return? And is that valuable enough? And two, are you okay with watching Roquan Smith be an all pro linebacker for the next 10 years? He's 25, all right, for the next six years. Because that's what he will be. You know this. But it's about, I'm trying to think of Roquan. I, I love, I, I love Roquan. But there's, I feel like there's something missing. I'm, st- I'm still yearning for a little bit more. He's a dog. I know it. Maybe it's I want. I know he loves the team. I know he wants to play. I'm trying to think what it is that that isn't allowing me to be head over heels. You know for what? Roquan I, Smith. I think that there's something that, and this is a great opportunity to plug the new podcast I'm working on. I'm producing Take the North Pod which you can find anywhere you get your podcast. Dan Weederer and David Hall, who you can hear on the score, of course, host it. I produce it. They talked about this in either our first or second episode. Dan did specifically. He said that the thing with Roquan is he's not quite making those game-breaking plays yet. Hmm. He's So he hasn't shown you. Those, so he had the pick six against the Bengals, which is probably the best play. Of course. That, that, that play broke the game open and, t- and totally changed the game. But that's the only time that we can point to where we say Roquan Smith changed the game for the Bears. Darius Leonard has done that. And that's why he got the contract that he did. And that's why Roquan Smith probably won't get the same kind of money. And in my opinion, is is not worth the same level of money that Darius Leonard is. It's, it'll be close, I think, and it should be close. But it's the, the thing that you're missing is that he, he gets all the tackles. And, you know, he's all over the field, but he doesn't quite get those turnovers right. that, that completely flip the game in the, in the favor of the Bears. I can see where that, I can see where that would be an issue where maybe that's what it is that's not, you know, not, not the, the, I'm looking for the straw that will break the camel's back. And maybe that would be it in this particular instance. But when it comes to money and contracts, like contracts go up all the time. People aren't making the same that they were 10 yeah, years a ago. Lot, so that, that, that's not, going to go up. More so, often than not, it's the next guy yeah. in line gets So it. for me, I, I don't care too much about that. For me, it's about what value am I placing on Roquan, the linebacker? And when I'm looking at this Bears team in the next – because the best argument I heard is from Jared Payton. He said, well, when this contract's over, the Bears will then be in their winning window. So do you want to sign a guy and spend money – on someone that is not going to be around or be someone that can be a complimentary or will end up being a complimentary player by that point. See, it's interesting. That's tough. That's tough. That's I don't necessarily agree with that because I think if you're looking at the bears and you look at, look at the plan that, that Ryan polls probably has, they bears are two t- years they, out, they, they, at least two. I think, I think two Come years, on, stop it. two years, this That's, year and next year. You think this year, next year, and then the year after that. Dude, you know how fast teams can flip their roster in the NFL? Yes, and I've also seen the Bears try to flip their roster several times over and have failed miserably. Even if it's three years out. Roquan Smith, say the Bears get Roquan Smith a a five-year contract, and and their winning window, their real winning window we'll go with, is three years out. So Roquan Smith still has two years left on his contract, at least at that point. So, yeah, he's a part of this then, Right. And he, so he'll be, what, 28 or so, 29 when we're talking about the winning window. Mm-hmm. And by that point, he probably is not still the highest paid player on the team. Right. Probably shouldn't be if they're doing this right. 
So, like, I think that they look at him as a part of their future winning team, and they should. And that's why I think that Callan Coward makes some good points in saying, you know, you can't name a lot of good receivers for the Bears, blah, 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 blah. However, them paying Roquan Smith now does not prohibit them from building a good team and, and making sure, sure but you that want he's them, not you want the best the, player But you eventually. want the most amount of money you can po- have possibly, and that's what they want next year, and that's what it's boiling down to. If I give, if I give Roquan this money, then I'm not going to have my, my, I'm not have my Scrooge McDuck money to swim around in and get whatever <laughs> players I want. That's, that's what they're really thinking about in this situation. So it's about them thinking that it has to make sense for them but they're not taking into consideration, like Matt Forte said, that the fact that he's outplayed his contract already. So who are the people at the helm? Are they going to take care of a player that's done that for a regime that they weren't a part of? That's the tricky part. They don't care about Roquan and what he's done in the past for the organization because they weren't a part of it then. See, and maybe this was just lip service, but Ryan Poles did say they want to take care of their homegrown talent. Right. So he does recognize, I think, that even though he didn't draft Roquan Smith, he is a player that the Bears drafted and has come up as a Bears player, and, sure. and he views that as some as important. I think the reality is you're just not going to get enough back in return. Exactly. I think that is what it comes down to. And so, therefore, the Bears, like Matt Forte said, have to bite the bullet in some capacity in order to make Roquan and the organization, along with its fan base, happy. And that's only going to happen if Roquan Smith is a Chicago Bear at the beginning of the season. Albeit, it may not be with a new contract, but if he's playing, like that's what everyone, every, everyone would be in a better place if that was happening, not if Roquan was traded. That would put a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths, myself included. I would like Roquan here. And it's like I say, who, when it comes to money as a fan, like whatever, pay that guy. Like, are you serious? Not our money. It's not my money. Pay him. Your job is to figure it out, Ryan Poles. Not mine. My job is to cheer. I cheer for the team. You put guys that I like on the field, and hopefully you put the right guys together to win a championship, which hasn't been done here in forever. So the closest, again, my bar is low. I just want the Bears to be competitive. Respectful, you know? And I understand that that happens with Roquan Smith on this team. You can only be competitive, not only, but your chances increase significantly if he is on that squad with you. That's what ends up happening when you see something like that. And that's why I think that the best thing to do is to find a contract agreement with him because that type of player is a important piece of your defense yeah. that, and you need to have a good defense to win a championship. You do. Can you need consistency? And, and so the question would become if you trade him, how are you replacing him? Because he is a damn good player. He's <laughs> been, he's been a, a second team all pro twice. So that he's basically been considered the second best or third best linebacker at his middle interior linebacker. That's the word I'm looking for in the NFL since 2019. How do you replace that kind of player? If you trade him, you don't know what kind of guy you're going to get in the draft. You know that Roquan Smith is pretty damn good. Yeah. And the same thing with wide receiver position. You don't, you're not necessarily sure what you're going to get on the draft, get in the draft. Cause not everyone is a home run, but Mike Florio, when talking to Bernstein and Holmes, did touch on the fact of whether or not Roquan would play with no deal. 
At what point does the team say, it's time to get to work here. Like, you're here. You get the best of both worlds. You're holding out without holding out. And I think that's going to be really where the rubber meets the road on this. All this other stuff is noise around the fundamental impasse here. Roquan Smith with the team refusing to practice until he gets a deal. At what point do they say, we're just not going to work out a deal. You're going to get $9 million in change this year. You're under contract. You're here. It's time to go play. Bad deals happen all the time in every sport. And if you're telling me that the guy you're trying to gamble on, whether it's a good deal or a bad deal, is Roquan Smith, I say gamble. That's a guy you want to gamble on. You're not going to, you know, he's going to live up to some, you know, some form of that contract. He's going to reach that, not 100%, but he's going to be closer than more majority of the guys out there. And if you're concerned about the dollar amount, him performing to that level, like it's Roquan Smith. You're not talking about some middle-of-the-road guy. It's a guy that literally every single person is saying that's that dude. And that's why you have to pay, pay him. But Mike Florio also went on to say that he should take what's best available. At this point, because of all this other noise and dust and dysfunction, it's impossible to have any real sense on whether or not it gets worked out. They've apparently been trying to work it out. And at some point, there has to be a deadline. Deadlines drive action. When is the real deadline? That's when everybody goes to their bottom line. At some point, though, I'd like to think the Bears put a number on the table that whoever is helping him would recommend their brother, their son, their cousin, their friend to take. And that's always the litmus test for me. Yeah, do you want more? But you know what? Especially when you consider the guy's inside linebacker, he's in the car crashes. He's instigating the car crashes that happen on almost every play. There's a heightened risk of injury for Roquan Smith all the more reason when that best possible offer is on the table to take it. Yeah. I, I, it's easy for people to say that, but it's like Matt Forte. I keep referencing Matt Forte, because, but he dropped some knowledge on us earlier, which was the team is looking out for what's best for the team and the player has to look out for his future. And that's what Roquan Smith is doing right now. He's literally just looking out for himself, saying to himself, I'm in a position where I have some leverage in that I've out, outperformed my contract. And, but when you're talking about Darius Leonard, man, you know how many interceptions Darius Leonard has? Oh, uh, Shaquille Leonard. Oh, my yeah, bad. Shaq, Shaquille Leonard. Yes. You're right. That's what he wants to be called. I keep now. forgetting that. Shaquille Leonard, 11 interceptions. That's impressive. And like 17 forced fumbles. Four interceptions last year. Four. Roquan Smith, one. Not that I'm trying to put it all on the interceptions, but creating turnovers does a lot for so you, that's man. The, that's the key difference between right. the two players that people point out is they're pretty similar players, but the line gets drawn about who's the the definite better one at the fact that Shaq Leonard forces a ton of turnovers. Shaq Leonard, you know how many stats he had after after he how many sacks he had after he signed his big contract? Zero. Damn. And then Ryan Poles points to that. That Papa, they gave him all that money. My man couldn't even get a sack all season. He's crazy. Roquan Smith, three of them last year. That's tough for, a little tougher for yeah, those linebackers interior linebackers, your, sacks, yeah, you know. Hey. But, you know, you like a nice little pressure coming out of nowhere. You know, or maybe just chasing down a running back, or excuse me, a quarterback as they exit the pocket. True, I, true, true. I like that. I Listen, I, I even I'm tired of talking about Roquan Smith and his contract situation because I think it's pretty much set in stone he's going to be playing for the Bears and he's going to be in the contract like the Bears are going to pay him. If they don't, geez, there would just be a bad look for the organization. Bad look for management where they're at right now. But 
I guess we'll see. Bears take on the Seattle Seahawks tomorrow. Make sure you listen to that game on WBBM AM, our sister station. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. And it's Twitter time on the other side, baby. Get to talk about some nonsense mixed in with some sports. Of course, because that's what we do. We're live and local. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez, 670 The Score. I search Twitter, so you don't have to. It's called Twitter time. Let's start. You got my chirp chirp over there? Because I really like that. I feel like that puts me in a good mood when we're switching from tweet to tweet. No pun intended. All right. My first tweet of the day for Twitter time, and it is from Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski. Wojnarowski. The Lakers star LeBron James has agreed to a two-year, $97.1 million contract extension including a player option for 2024-2025 season. Clutch Sports CEO Rich Paul tells ESPN James had been entering the final year of a deal worth $44.5 million. It's the largest contract in the history of the NBA. Sounds about right. Deserve it. I think that it's good that he's staying in L.A. because I didn't want him to go form another super team somewhere else. Do you think, they're gonna, do you think LeBron James is ever going to win another championship? I don't know. There, his his ability to put a team together has been has uh, not worked out. Yes, <laughs> has not worked not out. Been great. <laughs> All right, time for the next one. Chirp, uh, chirp. So this one's from Variety. Tim Burton brings the Adams family back to life in Netflix's Wednesday. So, if you see the cast of the Adams family, so it follows the daughter. She's going to like some academy or something like that. But Catherine Zeta-Jones is Morticia. And Luis Guzman, who's Puerto Rican, he plays Gomez. The problem is, Gomez was like a slick dude in the Adams family. Snazzy dresser. Seemed like he was on point. And I could say this because Luis Guzman's Puerto Rican, but he just don't, you know, fit the, the mold. You know what I'm saying? But I'll be watching. You going to watch that? I might check it out. I might check it out. I, I was never a huge Adams family guy, but, you know... Yeah. Put it on the list. You know, you never, you always like reinventions and things and how that works out, but we'll see. We'll see how sure, that one sure. goes. This is from around the NFL. It's quoting Aaron Rodgers saying that it is realistic that running backs Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon could catch 50 balls a piece this year. Nah, not happening. 50 a piece is a lot. But the thing is this with, with no Devontae Adams, you got, you have to reinvent your offense. You no longer have that go to dude. You know what I'm saying? So what are you going to do? You're just going to be a good quarterback and dump it. I just don't think both of them catch 50 balls. It's going to be interesting. We'll see what ends up happening. But Aaron Rodgers, if I hate Aaron Rodgers too. All right, whatever. Next one. This is a little bit of uh, soccer. This is from at Irish Mirror. The Glazer family is reportedly open to selling a minority stake in Manchester United amid the growing unrest surrounding the ownership of the club. But the Americans want $5 billion to cede some control of the Red Devils. So Manchester United, I was watching, they have something on like uh, Amazon Prime and how they're just like trashing the team, dude. And those guys are upset. They're used to winning and they're just not. And But the fact that somebody wants $5 billion? Billion? Five of them? For a... Bro... That is absolutely crazy. Uh, Save your money. 
This is from at Be Cordial on Twitter. It's Twitter time here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. It says, hip-hop duo-wise, who do you rank higher than OutKast? OutKast has been trending on Twitter all day today. Basically, oh, really? Basically, with some, put some respect on their name attached to it. <clears throat> now, I mean, come on. Big boy, Andre 3000. First of all, who's a hip-hop group that's out right now? Uh, yeah, I'm a little out of my element on this one. Oh. I don't know a lot about like the hip hop. Like, okay. I mean, I know well, I pop, obviously I know Outkast, but yeah. like, I mean, yeah, you know. Sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, yeah, oh yeah, I know. I, I, I know all about Outkast, but okay. you know, especially modern hip hop groups. I just, yeah. yeah, I don't it's follow just, the genre. It's not the same. It's not the same. Oh well, yeah, of course, it's not the same. People are it's too. Not at all. People are too self centered nowadays. So they 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 can't they they wouldn't want to share the the stage with someone else in order to form a group. So that that'd be interesting, but. Outcast man, hopefully that that sent you on a little whirlwind down memory lane. I like the way you move. Sure, sure. <laughs> I do like that song. This one that from was the best song on that album. I th- well, besides Hey Ya, that's the, well the, off that double album. Yeah, I loved that. I, I mean, love that song. They got hits. I mean, it's Outcast. They got hits. Andre three thousand is a creative genius. This one from Bet MGM. Justin Jefferson is currently the favorite to lead the league in receiving yards at plus eight hundred. How often do you have an opportunity to bet the favorite, and the favorite is plus eight hundred? Do you think he can stay healthy for an entire season? It's a good question. I mean, the first time, next time we see it, it'll be the first time. So, I'm actually a huge Justin Jefferson fan. I love his swag. I love. I like guys that are so good that when they say they're good, they still go out and perform well. The only thing I don't like about him is the jersey he wears. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think can't stand likes it. That. Yeah, and the guy who's throwing him the ball, Kirk Cousins, not my not my favorite. Yeah, the whole team, I can't stand that whole franchise, honestly. But Justin the Jefferson, the level of hate for the Vikings for me is is how, is more almost, than the Packers. Almost, oh. almost there. It's it's different tier, but it's it's yeah. it's high. The Packer, the Vikings are like my wife's ugly ex boyfriend. I don't really care about them too much. That's fair because I know I'm better than them. All right, next one. Chirp, uh, chirp. Uh, this one from let's stick stay on some fantasy here. This one from Jennifer Piacenti. She's from Sports Illustrated. She tweeted out, "I cannot stop thinking about Amon Ra, talking about Amon Ra from uh, the Lions after last night's hard knocks. He's currently going at the same time as Jerry Judy. Should he even be hired, or is it a trap? You know, studs. We were talking some fantasy football earlier today. Are you, would you take Jared Judy, Jerry Judy, or Amon?" Ross, I'm on Rod St. Brown or whatever his name is. I'm going Judy because Russell Wilson's the quarterback. That's the tiebreaker for me is always the quarterback. Yeah. If you're close on two guys, who's the quarterback? Who do you trust more? Russ Wilson or do you trust Jared Goff? The, 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 thing, the thing is, though, since we're talking about fantasy football here, shout out to everybody that's playing, is that I'm on Raw is the number one target. Well, who's the number one target in Denver now? What do you mean? You got Cortland Sutton. I guess. You got Corden Sutton and Jerry Judy. So you got to spread the ball around a little bit. And because it's a new offense, he's probably going to be dinking and dumping to a lot of different people. Whereas, like, Jared Goff is like, this is my guy. He's the fastest, best guy on our team, and I'm throwing him the ball 18 times a game. So that, that that's tough. That's a good one. That's a good one. Jared Judy's probably going to be touchdown heavy if you if you want to be picking him up. But either way. Honestly, we- honestly, I don't like either of them. Okay. I take I take one in a pinch, but I would try to avoid them. Okay, I like it. Next one. Sure, sure. The NBA is introducing Rivals Week this season, and the Bulls are a part of it. The Bulls rival game is against. Do you know? Did you see this? 
I actually didn't. Who is it? Who is it? Uh, no, I want you to take a guess. It's not who you think it is. Hmm. The Charlotte Hornets. The... That's our rivalry week. I'm sorry. Have you been watching? Have you been watching the NBA for the last? I would decade? have guessed. I would have guessed Cleveland or Detroit. Cleveland would have been a good one. Somebody in division, at least. Yeah, but why Charlotte? That doesn't. Long, what? The, the Ball Brothers. Okay. That was from Daniel Green. And you know, I guess there's the MJ connection. MJ. Okay. But there's no like. The, the only thing, like, MJ never even comes up when they play Charlotte. It's a terrible selection, Studs. That's all you got to say. It's, it's terrible, terrible, for the, terrible for them to be a rivalry wake with the Charlotte Hornets. Terrible. Sure, sure. All right, got a couple more for you guys. This one from, this is from a guy who I think is absolutely, his name is Pete Keish. He, or excuse me, the, the tweet, the original tweet is from Huka Hefe. I like that. It's kind of like Champagne Poppy. But he goes, he tweets out, he says, I told y'all, all the real women either dead or in jail somebody give me her jpay which is like her bail account because he tweeted up a picture of a woman and that's what he said beautiful woman and he said all the other women are either dead or in jail so this one's in jail and then someone responded and said you know she's locked up for killing her husband <laughs> i don't know i don't know if you necessarily want to take that that woman out of jail right there sure, i'm not sure. sure all right last one and this one is is, is a question i would love for you to, to to uh, text in if you know the answer. It says, when I was a little kid, I thought this little pig went to market. Man, it went shopping. Is that not what it means? I thought that's what it meant. That's that's what always came to mind for me. And then literally, there is a thousand comments of people being like, oh my God, I was today years old when I found out the real meaning. And I literally scrolled through all the comments trying to find out what the meaning was. I'll say it is again. It one of those this is from where... Teacher's Goals. When I was a little kid, I thought this little pig went to market meant it went shopping. But it, oh, I guess now that I read it out loud, does that mean they're chopping them up and they sent them to market? Oh, damn. Okay. Twitter time's over on that one. What the right. hell? Oh, my goodness. Ah, oh, all right. I, like, that never occurred to me. Neither. Why? Same. I hope that's not what it is, and I just made that up. I feel up, like my entire, like, the, the whatever innocence was left in my life is gone now. This little piggy went to market. Uh-oh. Squeal. All right, let's say goodbye and our thank yous, of course. Want to say thank you to Matt Forte, who ended up coming on the show and hanging out. I'm going to I'm gonna milk that. I'm going to have him come on a couple more times during the season. Also want to thank Rob Schaefer for talking some Bulls basketball with me. Got to thank Adam Stadzinski for producing a fantastic show. I'm on Thursday and Friday, 6 to 9. I'll be with Anthony Heron, so you guys can hear us there. Right here, uh, here is tomorrow and Friday, of course. Oh, man. I want to talk more Bulls, but I can't. Got to go. Thank you, Gabe. I'm actually going to go hang out with Jay Nice. My former... Uh, are you going to Radio Morning Show Boot Camp or anything like that? It's where like, all the I don't, I don't know cool kids hang out together. I know. I'm not going either. I've never heard of it. All right, you guys. Mi gente. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. Hasta la próxima. Until next time. Please, can I finish? Okay, I'm finished. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.